Before we get started on today's show, I just want to throw out a special thank you to all the first responders and firefighters that are currently combating fires in California, throughout the entire state of California, from south to north. Real crazy times, and the fact that other humans, in a time where you need to protect your family and your assets more than any other time, probably in our lives, other humans are sacrificing all that, risking all of that to go out and protect others. It makes me believe in humanity a little bit more again every time you see uh, a disaster strike and people rise up and overcome despite the challenges that they're facing. So I just wanted to raise awareness, give a quick thank you, have them in your thoughts and prayers that they come home safe to their families after this whole thing is done. California is basically burning right now. So many wildfires. <sighs> it's tough. Anyways, with that, let's get into the show. <laughs> I gave you I went mic on the mic yep. What's up the brand new One time for one your time, mind He gave time. you fair warning Now it's time to smack him in the mouth With that raw sports talk from the town Sweet chin music to your favorite sportscaster Mike on the mic with sports talk that matters yeah. Reppin' for the West See the palms in the logo Mike on the mic sports pod Let's go I gave you fair warning Beware Smack him in the mouth You are tuned into episode Beware. 6 that's right. Six of the Mike on the Mic Sports Podcast. I am Mike, and I am on the mic of the most electrifying sports podcast in the game today. I am so excited, so excited, and I just can't hide it. The NFL is here for me. Tomorrow will be the first game of the 2020 NFL season. For y'all, it's probably today as you're listening to this, probably on Thursday when this drops. Just want to put out real quick, if you're not following the Instagram page, you probably didn't see the post, but episodes dropping on Thursday this week. Yesterday, I had some technical difficulties while recording the podcast, and it kind of deleted the entire thing. So, I, I didn't think I was going to be able to bring the same kind of energy that I brought into that show. I changed the topics up a little bit, and now I'm going to bring the energy back into a second uh, run of episode six. Rookie mistake. This is probably... About my 20th or 25th, if I'm assuming, podcast episode that I've worked on uh, with Come On Man Sports and with Mike on the Mike Sports Podcast. Rookie mistake to not realize that your mic is not turned on and you record the entire thing. Anyways, let's get straight into the show. I have a couple awesome topics for you today. For one, last week I predicted the AFC division winners for every division in the AFC. This week, I will be predicting the NFC in every division. Who's going to win them in the NFC? And then we're going to talk a little bit of NBA round two. It's not really a preview. It's more of a mid-review. Kind of more of a round three preview, in my opinion. I wanted to do it last week, but last week we were still in round one. And the NBA is moving so quickly, now we're halfway through round two. So I'm going to give a little... Review how I think every series is going to end from this point forward and going into round three. And then I'm going to close the show out. Every week I'm going to do an NFL Pick'ems. And in this NFL Pick'ems, I will be competing against a few other 
podcaster slash sports pages. I'll be competing against at what offseason sports podcast. That dude has an awesome show. That dude is awesome in general. He is a freaking sports brainiac. If you guys want to go check him out, his name's Adam. Uh, I'm going to be competing with him to see if I can predict more NFL games correctly than him throughout the season. Also, my old friend, you might you might remember him, Piggy Bank Picks. A little bit of a rival. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember, but he challenged me to a flag football game on the actual field. Well, he didn't know what he had coming to him because I beat his me and my squad beat his butt you know what you know what screw this pg crap all right we beat his ass we beat his ass on the field i don't know if he'll ever recover he's been demanding a rematch and everything but i don't even know if it's worth our time to even show up to the rematch anyways we'll be competing against him to see if we can predict more games than him right i already beat him on the field i'm sure i could beat him off the field and then also we'll be going against Robson Sportscast, Alex Robson from the Robson Sportscast. If you guys remember him, he's a good friend of the show, good friend of mine. Uh, he was on the, the mega showcase that we had a couple months ago. He helped me out with the intro. I don't know if you guys remember if you've been listening that long. But yeah, Alex Robson, see if I can beat him. He's also going to give his pick You're going to see all this advertised on the social media pages. You'll see uh, their picks versus my picks and who's doing better each week as we go on. And finally, Joe Morley Sports. I know he's a Raiders fan. I know we're not supposed to like Raiders fans as Chargers fans. If you guys are fellow Chargers fans, you're probably not because there's not that many of them on earth. But he's a good guy. I like him, even though he's a Raiders fan, and I'm going to beat him in this pick as well. It's just it's just that easy to beat the Raiders. I'm, I'm just saying. Anyways, let's get straight into the show, starting with topic one. Man, hearing that music gets me hyped up. Anyways... I'm going to go through and I'm going to predict every NFC division winner real quick. No biggie. No biggie. Let's just jump straight into it. Let's not mess around. Play around with all the talking and nonsense. NFC South is going to be a real fun division this year. I think the bottom of the division is going to be the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers have a good young core and they're building. And I, I, liked, I like where they're going with it. I like where they're going with it. But the division they're in is tough, man. The Falcons, Saints, and the Buccaneers all are going to be good this year in my opinion. And it's going to be tough for the Panthers to get any division wins out of it. I mean, that's that's what that's six games right there where you're the underdog by a lot. And you're outnumbered as far as talent by a lot. So I'm take the Panthers to finish in last in the division. Nothing against the Panthers. I like Teddy. I like Christian McCaffrey. I like DJ Moore. I like what they got going on there. I like Dante Jackson. I'm a huge Dante Jackson fan. Oh, my goodness. But overall, I think the other teams in the division will have the Panthers outnumbered and outmatched when it comes to the 1v1 uh, matchups. Moving on, third, I got the Atlanta Falcons, and I like the Falcons. I like their offense. It's going to be crazy. I think Matt Ryan's going to have a good bounce back year. Julio, Calvin Ridley, Todd Gurley. What are you going to do when you play the Falcons? How are you going to slow them down? It's going to be tough to game plan against them with all the different options they have on offense. But when you go to the other side of the ball, defensively, not quite as stellar. They're going to have to work out some kinks in the secondary and in the linebacking core. Pass rush should be good, though, but they, they got to figure it out on defense in order to compete with these teams like the Saints and the Buccaneers who are just going to walk down the field with ease. I got the Atlanta Falcons coming in third. In second, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And while you may be surprised by who I'm going to pick to win the week one matchup with the Buccaneers and Saints, I got the Buccaneers overall falling to the Saints narrowly for the division. Uh, if these teams could, they probably would be the one and two seeds of the NFC. But one of them is going to be a wild card team, and I'm going to take the Buccaneers to do it. Just because it's going to take them a year to gel. Next year, I think the Buccaneers are going to be Super Bowl contenders if Tom Brady plays one more year or two more years. 
This team's going to take a little while to gel. You may see them struggle in the first half of the season, but don't be surprised when they go on a 7-8 game winning streak to close the season out and going into the playoffs. It's going to be a good team. they got so much talent with a good coach and a good organization. There's no way that they're going to flop on this offseason, this crazy offseason that they had. Number one, that leaves the Saints. And the reason, like I said, is because I think it's going to take the Buccaneers a little time to gel, and the Saints got their squad together already. And all they did was add some pieces, add Malcolm Jenkins, add Emmanuel Sanders to an already loaded team. And you got basically a Super Bowl contender again, and the Saints are going to be Super Bowl contenders again. Anyways, Saints are going to be on their way to another Super Bowl run, in my opinion. They just keep getting unfortunate. They're one game away from winning the Super Bowl almost every year, and they just get unlucky. And it falls apart in the playoffs. Uh, something crazy happens usually to them in the playoffs and they lose. This year, I think they put it together. Uh, and they're definitely going to see the NFC Championship game, in my opinion. We'll see if they can get through the NFC. It's, it's real tough this year. There's a lot of good teams in the NFC. A lot of good teams in the NFC. Moving on to the NFC West. Who do I think is going to finish at the bottom? You may be a little surprised, but I'm taking the Rams to finish last in the NFC West. They're kind of in a mini rebuild. They lost Todd Gurley. Uh, they've been losing some pieces just slowly here and there over time. Just because of the contract situations, they, they made the wrong moves. When they won the Super Bowl a couple years ago, they just immediately signed everyone and backloaded a lot of their contracts, and now they're suffering the ramifications of that today as we see it. So the Rams' super offense and everything, it's kind of gone. They're going to rely on Daryl Henderson, who is normally a backup, to be the starting role as a running back. Uh, they got Michael Brown. I think he's going to be good for the first couple weeks of the season, but overall it's going to be Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers trying to fill that Todd Gurley role. It's a big role to fill, even though Todd has been injured the last season or two. I could see uh, the Rams team being the third best team in the division, but no higher than that. I'm going to take them to go last because I am super high on the team that I finish is going to finish third, who I think is going to finish third, the Arizona Cardinals. Super high on the Cardinals. I love Kyler Murray. I love DeAndre Hopkins. Larry Fitzgerald hopefully plays for another year or two. Christian Kirk's a good wide receiver two, wide receiver three option. They got Andy Isabella. He's a speed guy. Kenyon Drake coming out the backfield. With Chase Edmonds as his backup, both similar style running backs. I like that. That combination is good. Have someone fresh out there all the time. They drafted Isaiah Simmons, which I think was a steal, getting him around 10. I think they got him at 9 or 10. That's crazy. That dude is like Jordan James. He can play every position on the field and do it well. Be elite at it. Fast. Fast. I think he's be playing safety, but he can come down and play linebacker. He can go out and play corner. He can do it all. He can play D-line. It doesn't matter. He's, he's a freak of nature. They already had Chandler Jones on this defense, who wrecks havoc every year. They just signed Buda Baker to a long extension. A lot of people were hating on him for it, but Buda's still developing, and he's not in his prime yet. I think Buda can be a very good safety in the NFL, and he is a very good safety already. But what he's going to be is still yet to be seen. It's going to be good. They got Byron Murphy at corner. A lot of people don't remember that. That kid is developing. That kid is a beast. He's a great cornerback, along with veteran corner. Patrick Peterson. The defense is going to be a little improved from last year. That was kind of their liability last year was defense. I see them improving a lot this year. Finishing third in the NFC West. That's a step forward for them because that establishes them as a team of the future over the Rams once the, the Seahawks and the 49ers start to slow down a bit. They're going to start suffering from woes of having to sign all these star players themselves. In second, you might be surprised, I'm going to have the San Francisco 49ers finishing behind Seattle. I'm high on Seattle this year. The reason I say that, and I... I I got the Cardinals beating 49ers in week one as a kind of wake-up call for them. They got a lot of guys from last year that just overperformed, right? I wanted them to get Jamal Adams for this reason because guys like Jaquise Tart, those guys overperformed from what they normally would do. Something that we were shocked by, the 49ers taking off last year because of this. And while I do feel like they did find stars in Fred Warner, stars in Nick Bosa, 
They're not going to get 15 guys to overperform again. They're not. And losing Debo Samuel to start the season kind of is going to hurt their offense overall because receiver-wise, they don't have anything crazy receiver-wise behind De Debo Samuel. And even Debo Samuel uh, was surprisingly not as crazy good as you think. He went on a good playoff run that helped the team get to the Super Bowl. But if you look at the actual season, Debo had eight, 800 and something yards. He did not break 1,000. He didn't break 900 yards. I don't know. I don't know. He's got to step up and be a wide receiver, undoubtable wide receiver one now. I don't know. If I'm gonna bet on all these guys to do that, I don't. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to bet on all these guys to step up and be a top caliber NFL player consistently. So that's why I got San Fran taking a step back this year. I think the ten and six or so, maybe eleven and five. I can see them taking a step back. Uh, Raheem Mostert's also got an interesting situation with his contract. So just overall, the 49ers have a lot of question marks to me. And you know, most people think they found the answers last year, but I think they just raised more questions. And winning the Super Bowl would have been great of them because I don't know if they're going to get that chance again anytime soon. Moving on to the number one team in the NFC West, the Seattle Seahawks. Super high on the Seahawks this year. I think DK Metcalf is going to be a beast. I'm going to talk about it more later when I do the picks. But I think DK Metcalf is going to be a beast in the NFL. And whether it's this year or next year, he's going to break out as their number one eventually. Not that I don't like Tyler Lockett. I think he's a perfect receiver to complement a guy like DK Metcalf. You know, we see what we got in Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley in Atlanta. It can be something similar in Seattle with those two. So good one-two punch between those two, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. I think they're closer to Julio and, and Ridley. But you see what I'm talking about as the do the double wide receiver uh one-two punch that DK Metcalf and Tyler Locker, Lockett bring to the table. In the backfield, if Chris Carson can stay healthy, that would be a big deal. But they also signed Carlos Hyde, who can fill in if he does get hurt. Russell Wilson's obviously back there with them. One of the greatest quarterbacks ever, in my opinion, all around, in the pocket, getting outside the pocket, uh, leadership, everything. Russell Wilson is a beast, man. And I love that dude, and hopefully he plays for many more years and gets a few more Super Bowls. This year I got Seahawks at 13-3. and three. Because they added Jamal Adams to their defense to help them out there. Bobby Wagner. The thing that is going to be the make or break for the Seahawks is the line play. Offensive line, defensive line. I've been saying it all offseason. This team will be a Super Bowl contending team if the offensive line and defensive line plays just average or slightly above average. This team will be a wild card team that's going to get bounced in the first second round. Having to go on the road and play teams. If they can't figure it out at offensive and defensive line, I'm betting that Pete Carroll figures it out. That's what I'm saying, and I think Seattle takes the NFC West this year by two or three games, as I think San Fran's going to take a step back. Moving on to the NFC North. Wow, here we go with the NFC North. Packers and Vikings are going to be going at it again. Finishing in fourth in the NFC North, I have the Chicago Bears, and I think it's going to be slightly behind the lines. I think they're just still trying to figure stuff out. I think they're still trying to figure out what they have on the roster. If what they have on the roster is enough to start winning. Uh, trying to figure out who their quarterback is going to be long term. Don't think it's going to be Foles, and I don't think it's going to be Trubisky. So we'll see what, what comes of that this season. Although I've been telling people to get off Mitchell Trubisky's back for a sophomore slump season because everyone has a sophomore slump season. If we're giving up on Trubisky, we should give up on Darnold. We should give up on Baker. That's all I'm just saying. If we're using the logic of a sophomore slump to give up on him completely, then we should give up on these other guys too. But in the same breath, I don't think Trubisky is that good. I think he's going to be like a average quarterback in the NFL if he stays a starter, a solid backup if he, if he becomes a backup behind Nick Foles this season. We'll see what happens. Trubisky's a starter as of right now. Having question marks at the quarterback positions, we see what it's done to the Chargers, my team. It's going to it's gonna hinder the Bears this year. They ha they're going to have a stellar defense still, but offensively they're going to have to figure it out. Allen Robinson's going to stay healthy. David Montgomery's going to have to get it going on the ground. The offensive line's going to have to stay healthy. 
I got the Bears finishing last in that division. Narrowly to the Lions. I don't think either one of these teams make the playoffs. Like I like the Lions' as this build, though. Um, whether Matthew Stafford is going to continue to be the quarterback for them or not, we'll, we'll see. I like Matthew Stafford. I think he's a good fit with Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, DeAndre Swift now, on Johnson in the backfield, TJ Hawkinson. They got a young, loaded, you know, minus Marvin Jones and Matthew Stafford, their <laughs> entire offense is young and loaded with talent. So I think the Lions are going to be good in the very near future, depending on how long it takes for them to figure out Matthew Stafford is going to be their long-term, continue to be their long-term plan at quarterback. Defensively, they use some help. Just lost Darius Slay. Um, their D-line could use some help. Linebackers could use some help. The entire defense, honestly, could use some help in Detroit. But overall, I think that the, the fact that their offense is so young and so talented, it's going to be able to keep up with these teams like the Bears. Uh, the Bears are going to slow them down, of course, but I think that they could they could handle it. I think I think the Lions can handle it. And I think it's going to be like the Lions are 7-9 and nine or 6-10, and 10, and the Bears are 5-11. and 11. So I think that, that they're both going to be pretty bad. Just I think the Lions will be slightly, slightly, slightly better. Now, moving on to the top of this division. This division's a little top-heavy this year. You got the Packers or the Vikings to win the division. Well, second place, I'm going to give it to the Vikings again. And my prediction is, because I predicted the Packers and the Vikings schedules, that they both go 11-5 and five and the Packers get the tiebreaker. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous that every year the Vikings are right there, right there, about to take down the giant of the Packers with Aaron Rodgers and them, and then just 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 barely miss it every single season. Packers went to the NFC title game last year. The Vikings were right there again to taking that division. The Vikings are going to eventually take control of this division once Aaron Rodgers and them start filtering out. But as of right now, until the Vikings do it, I'm going to take the Packers to win that division. And despite having a terrible offseason, in my opinion, they didn't improve at all. Okay, The Vikings, I believe, did improve a little bit. Packers didn't improve at all. Fortunately for them, last year they were a very good team. So there's no improvement of all goes from being a really good team to staying a really good team instead of becoming an excellent team. I don't think the Packers are Super Bowl contenders just because they could use more weapons on offense. I like Devontae Adams, but at tight end, at slot receiver, Aaron Rodgers needs more than what he's had in his career. And it's a shame that the Packers haven't given it to him, and they're doing stuff like drafting a quarterback before they draft him another receiver in a receiver-heavy draft class. So Alan Lazard is a guy that's been on my radar fantasy-wise and a guy that's been on my co-hosts former co-hosts radar fantasy wise but overall they don't have another receiver that's going to come out and dominate like Devontae Adams can when Devontae Adams is hurt which is inevitable he's going to miss a couple games a year it's just just the way it is it's, it's happened every single season Aaron Rodgers is going to start to regress too and his style of play you know taking a lot of hits running around the field like a maniac it's going to wear him down eventually as he gets older and older we will see if Aaron Rodgers is going to get fed up with this team, and he's out of there soon. But as of right now, I think the Packers are going to win this division narrowly. I got both teams being 11-5 and five and both teams uh, being pretty close as far as who is better. Got the Packers winning by a tiebreaker just because I think that they're just slightly going to beat the Packers every year, or they're going to slightly beat the Vikings every year until the Vikings prove me uh, wrong, basically. Moving on to the final division, the NFC East, as I like to call it, the NFC Least. It's always the closest division, it seems like, but not for the right reasons. They're usually 8-8, eight 9-7, eight, 10-6 teams that are all battling for that division title. At fourth, I'm going to take the Washington football team, as I just mistakenly called them their former name, and I'm going to delete it. But you guys are going to hear me at least admit that I made the mistake, so that way when you make the mistake, you don't feel as bad. Sometimes I'm like, man, that's a bonehead mistake, but it's it's... Legit. It's like when people say the San Diego Chargers. It's super easy to mistake it. And I'm sure the same thing's going to happen with the Oakland Raiders and the Las Vegas Raiders. Moving on, I got 
the Washington football team finishing in fourth in that division, it's just falling apart for them. And while I had them ranked as one of the better of the crappy teams in the NFL, I'm changing it <laughs> going into the season. Seeing them cut Adrian Peterson, seeing them cut uh, Geis. So they should have cut Geis. And they're cutting Adrian Peterson because I think they're tanking a little bit. We'll see what Haskins can do. You know, Ron Rivera is not going to be there because of the whole thing with cancer. Prayers to him, man. That That's bad news. He seems like he's a really good guy. Players love playing for him. Just overall, that organization breeds a toxic environment. And I've been saying that about organizations like the Jets, like the Jaguars, like the Washington football team. It's hard to win when you're constantly dealing with drama from your organization, from your coach, or from whoever it is. So it's hard to focus on football when you're playing for those teams, and that's why they just stay bad. They can't get out of this rut because they can't shift the culture until they figure out a way to do it from the top down, from owner all the way down to players. So, Got the Washington football team at fourth. At third, I'm going to pick the New York Giants. I think the Giants are going to take a little bit of a leap this year. I think they're going to be a little better, maybe closer to 500. But I like the Giants. I like what they're doing with their rebuild, at least. They got a lot of good young players. I like Darius Slayton. I like Saquon Barkley. Obviously, he's already an established beast, and he's still super young. So he's got years to go. So the Giants have time, basically, to make this a really good team while Saquon is still in his prime. Danny Dimes, everyone criticized that pick. Looks like they got it. Looks like they nailed it on the head. He, he looked good in his rookie year. Real promising. I wish they still had OBJ. If they still had OBJ, this would be a good team. This would be a good offense if they still had OBJ. Evan Ingram, if he can stay healthy, he's one of the biggest threats at tight end. And he's really underrated because he's always hurt. But the dude's fast. He's really fast. And he's one of the faster tight ends in the league. So... They got weapons on offense. They're just real young. They're real young with the new coach. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough to win in this division with the Eagles and the Cowboys as good as they are. I think that the Giants will finish around five hundred, maybe seven and nine, six and ten. But this rebuild is going in the right direction. At number two, I am taking the Dallas Cowboys to lose the NFC East again, the NFC East again. Kind of a similar situation to the Vikings Packers rivalry, right? The Cowboys just can't find a way to get over the Eagles. They just can't find a way to get over the Eagles. And every year, it's just a barely, narrowly won division by the Philadelphia Eagles. And until the Cowboys prove otherwise, I think that uh, I'm going to take the Eagles to win this division. Similar teams, you know, they got quarterbacks that are just right there trying to break in, break the glass ceiling, if you will, into the elite status. They got a solid receiving core. Both teams do. They both got pretty good tight ends. They both got... Pretty good running backs. Of course, Dallas is a little better. Their O-lines are both okay. It's the quarterbacks trying to break through and become elite quarterbacks in the NFL. Defensively, I'll take the Eagles over the Cowboys. That's why I'm taking them to win this division. I like the Eagles this year to, to win this division, but in the playoffs, it's going to be tough if Carson Wentz can't stay healthy. We'll see what happens. I do think the Cowboys will take a step, though. I think the Eagles are going to be 12-4, and four, and the Cowboys are going to be 11-5. and five. Or the Eagles are going to be you know around 13 wins. And the Cowboys will be at, you know, 12 wins. I think it's going to be one win separating these two, and it's probably going to be a head-to-head -head matchup. The Eagles are going to be good, and the Cowboys are going to be good. I think year two of Mike McCarthy is going to be even better for Dallas. We'll see what happens then. But this year, I'm going to take the Eagles to win the NFC least, NFC East. That's all my NFC division winner predictions. Let's move on to talking some basketball. You know I love to talk about LeBron James and how he's going to destroy the Rockets. Oh, let's just save it for the topic. Let's go. It may not mean nothing to y'all, but understand nothing was done for me. So I don't plan on stopping at all. I want this shit forever, mine, ever, mine, ever, mine. I'm shutting shit down in the mall. And selling that girl, she the one for me. And I ain't even planning the call. I want this shit forever, mine. 
Last name ever, first name greatest. Like a sprained ankle, boy, ain't nothing to play with. The NBA playoffs round two is underway and going strong. I'm kind of just going to go over each series and what's happened in the series so far and what I think is going to happen in the future in the series. Starting with the Heat versus the Milwaukee Bucks, that series is over. That series is over. The Heat beat the Bucks 4-1. to one. Clean sweep. And let me talk about this for a second. Everyone talks about Zion and Giannis and all these guys being the future of the NBA once LeBron James and Kevin Durant and the current era uh, start to, to retire and fall off. But it goes to show, even though Luka lost, that Luka is definitely going to be in this conversation in the future. I've been preaching it forever. This guy does not get the respect that he deserves, and it's continued into now. As we see, Giannis got shut down by Jimmy Butler in the Heat, and the Heat are moving on to the conference finals. A little bit of a shocker to some people. Some people were like, oh, the Heat are pretty good, and it's just sneaky good. Do I think the Heat are going to get to the finals? I don't know. Because in the other series, the Celtics versus the Raptors, these two teams are going at it. The Celtics jumped out to a very quick uh, 2-0 lead, and since then, the Raptors won two games and lost another one. So it's 3-2 Celtics going into game six. The Celtics could end the series. I think the game's tonight, actually. Or the Raptors could get this thing to a game seven. Both teams are kind of red hot in the playoffs right now. I thought the Celtics were going to run away with this division. I like the Celtics, man. And they got so much young talent. It's kind of scary these guys are going to be together for a long time and be wrecking havoc in the East for a long time. You're seeing all these teams like the Raptors, the Celtics, uh, even the Heat and the and the Milwaukee Bucks. They have just been waiting for LeBron James to leave that conference for them to take over. So now we're going to get to see some new faces in the NBA Finals in the coming years. But yeah, I'm going to take the Celtics to beat the Raptors in Game 7. And I'm going to say the Raptors get one and send this is Game 7 and move on to play the Heat in the conference finals. Going over to the west side of things, this might be a little bit of a quick segment just because there's only four series to go over. Let's talk about the Clippers and the Nuggets. Now, the Clippers, I think, are the better team all around, but the Nuggets are going to play with heart, and they're not going to quit. They were down 3-1 to the Jazz, and they came back and won that series and dominated in those last four games of these, of the series or three games of the series. And that's what's going to happen. You're going to see it again this round. The Clippers are overall the better team, so unless they completely flub it up, they should win this series, but it could go seven or it could go six. I believe right now the Clippers have a two-to-one lead, so they're in charge of the series so far. I think the Clippers are definitely going to win this series, but it could go six or seven games, stretching it out. The Clippers and the Lakers, the two powerhouses of the, of the NBA right now, they both have shown weaknesses. They both have shown weaknesses. They both have shown that they can mess up games. They can lose games. They can drop games. So I don't think it's a lock that the Western Conference is going to win the, uh, the finals this year. But if I was a betting man, I would bet that this team, the Los Angeles Lakers, would win the finals this year. We've got the Los Angeles Lakers versus the Rockets. Right now, the Lakers are up 2-1 to one after winning two straight games. It's crazy because the Rockets have like spurts in the game. When you're watching the actual game, they have spurts where you're like, these guys are unbeatable. These guys are ridiculously good. And then they go through spurts where it's just like awful. And I guess that's the, the kryptonite right there for the Rockets is that they can't consistently shoot threes at a high clip. It's just... They're humans. It's not possible to do it game in, game out, every single day of the week. But, you know, being bigger and stronger and driving to the to the rim, like LeBron James and Anthony Davis did in the last two games, can last and can be consistent over the rest of the series. I think the Lakers are going to take this in five or six games. I'm not going to say that five games, actually. I'm going I'm to predict six games. I'm going to give the Rockets one more game because 
the games have been kind of close going into like the fourth quarter and the Lakers are just taking off with it. If the Rockets go on one of those hot runs in the fourth quarter, they can definitely sneak another game out of this series. But I think that Anthony Davis and LeBron, they're just too much for the small ball Rockets to handle. I mean, they're bullying them. They're bullying them in these last two games, LeBron and Anthony Davis. So unless the Rockets find an answer for that, then I, I, I take the Lakers taking this series and going on to see the Clippers in the conference final. So there's my quick NBA mid-review preview, getting a small little segment in the show. Uh, the other two segments are going to take up most of the show because they're going to be a little bit more lengthy, especially me talking about football. I get going when I talk about football, man. So, yep. Let me know what you think is going to happen in the NBA finals, NBA conference finals, in the comments and in my DMs on the Instagram page. Here comes the cheap plug for the episode. Go to Instagram right now and follow at Mike on the Mike Pod. At Mike on the Mike Pod. I do a lot of polls. I do a lot of interaction with you guys that are listening on the Instagram page. Just go over there and check it out. I, a lot of times we'll be doing polls to get, you know, ask about topics or ask y'all's opinions. I just want to know y'all's opinions. And you guys can follow the rivalry for, you know, the pickums or any other rivalries I have with other podcasters. I try to collab with them a lot. So go over there, head head over and check out the Instagram page. And also you can go check us out on Facebook. Same thing, Mike on the Mike Sports Podcast or YouTube, Mike on the Mike Sports Podcast, whatever, whatever floats your boat, whatever floats your boat. I'm trying to get better at uploading videos to YouTube and getting better at uploading stuff to Facebook more consistently. I usually do about one thing a day, but, you know, I... I slip up sometimes. I slip up sometimes. I am a full-time college student, also running a sports podcast, also trying to start my own business all at once. So <laughs> it's, a, it's a good time. It's a good time, though. Anyways, let's move on to the final topic. I'm ready to predict some NFL football games. So here we go. I'm going to give my NFL pickums for the week of week one of the football season. Super excited for week one. Let me tell you, man, this is going to be a great NFL season. It's going to be chaotic. A lot has been going on, but it's great to see that the NFL is going to proceed with the season in this time, in this dark time. I've been saying it. I've been preaching it. We need sports more than ever. Sports athletes aren't just out there making money. They're making a difference in a lot of people's lives, especially mine, because without sports, I would just be sitting playing Madden all day. Uh, doing some other activities and doing homework, and that's not a fun life to uh, live out without football going on every weekend and always being able to talk about sports. My sports podcast wouldn't exist if sports wasn't happening this year. I would have came out and been like, all right, I want to start a sports podcast. Wait, there's no sports. <laughs> Damn. Anyways, let's get straight into my NFL pickups again. I'm going to be competing against some other podcasters. I'm going to shout them out one more time real quick. At What Offseason Sports, you can find them on Instagram. At Joe Morley Sports. 
Uh, you can find him on Instagram at Joe Morley Sports, or you can find him on his website at www.joemorleysports.com. That's pretty simple to find. Alex Robson with the Robson Sportscast. You can find him at the Robson Sportscast on Instagram. And my rival, Piggy Bank Picks. You can find Piggy, or Kevin Banks is his name, at Piggy Bank Picks on Instagram. He has a great page, great fantasy advice. Dude's a freaking stud when it comes to fantasy football, so good luck beating him if you're in a league with him. Anyways, let's get straight into these NFL Week 1 predictions. Starting with Thursday Night Football. Man, this this Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl thing is kind of hard for me. I... I'm a Chargers fan, obviously, as you see me wearing a Chargers jersey. If you're watching the video version of the podcast or if you're watching the audio version, I am wearing a Chargers jersey. Antonio Gates, by the way, the greatest tight end of all time. Seeing the Chiefs win the Super Bowl is rough, especially the way they did it. And they came back from behind in all those games that I thought they were going to lose, and I was so excited to see them lose. In this situation, here we are, Thursday Night Football. They're defending their Super Bowl champs straight out the gate with the first game of the NFL season against the Houston Texans, who are a great young team led by a great young quarterback. And a not-so-great coach or manager in Bill O'Brien, in my opinion. But moral story is the Texans can give the Chiefs a run for their money. They can score with them. They can score with them. they got a lot of speed on that offense. They can make some big plays happen. They can score with them. They added David Johnson. He's going to add to the pass game a lot as far as coming out of the backfield. only thing is it's the Chiefs, man. They're, they're ridiculous. Patrick Mahomes, let me tell you, Patrick Mahomes is one of the greatest quarterbacks I think I've ever seen play. This guy is ridiculous. If you just look at him, his talent-wise, the way how he can throw, his accuracy, uh, his throw power, his able ability to move around in the pocket, ability to get outside the pocket, everything is perfect with Patrick Mahomes. You cannot build a 99 overall player unless you got a guy like Patrick Mahomes on the field. It's going to be a great career to watch. At the very least, I can appreciate uh, what I'm witnessing. I always preach that about like LeBron James and Tom Brady, at least appreciate what you're witnessing because it's not going to be there forever. Patrick Mahomes isn't going to be there forever, and I understand that. So, if he wins more Super Bowls, he wins more Super Bowls. Hopefully the Chargers can sneak one in there somewhere. Anyways, for Thursday Night Football, I'm taking the Chiefs to beat the Texans. I think it's going to be closer than you guys think, but going into the fourth quarter, the Texans are going to run out of gas, and the Chiefs are going to take off and win this game. Pretty soundly, I think a 10-point difference is is an easy prediction to make. Going into Sunday, the first game of Sunday, Seattle Seahawks are going to Atlanta to play the Atlanta Falcons. And this is going to be a fun one because I believe both offenses are going to be crazy this year. I believe both quarterbacks are going to have very good years with the star receivers and star running backs around them and tight ends. Seattle added Greg Olson, so that's a good help for the passing game. And he's a good blocker too, a good run blocker. Uh, DK Metcalf, I think, is going to take off eventually at some point. DK Metcalf, I think, is going to be a beast. I don't know if it's going to be this year, but at some point he's going to take that number one receiver spot from Tyler Lockett in the near future, in the near future, in my opinion. And that's no knock on Tyler. Tyler's a great receiver himself. Just DK Metcalf is a built freak of nature. He reminds me of Julio Jones when Julio Jones was coming out of college. So I love DK Metcalf. I love Tyler Lockett. I love the whole Seattle offense minus the O-line. Maybe they found something in the offseason. Maybe they found some diamonds in the rough. They can try and fix the O-line a little bit, at least improve a little bit because that was their Achilles heel last year. They lost to Davion Clowney. That, that's something that we got to address. The D-line also is missing pieces. So losing Javon Clowney and the O-line, they definitely have some question marks there. Those two positions, as I've said all offseason, is what's going to make or break Seattle from being a wild card team that gets bounced in round one or two to a Super Bowl contender, is if that D-line and O-line can perform. That's really what it is for them. Uh, defense, other than the D-line, 
is pretty solid. They, they just added Jamal Adams to the secondary. They still got Bobby Wagner in the middle. So I'm going to take Seattle to beat Atlanta, and I'm going to say it's going to be a narrow one. I think it's going to be close because I think Atlanta is definitely going to be able to score despite them beefing up that defense, the secondary especially. Just Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, now Todd Gurley. It's just too much. Matt Ryan's going to have a great year this year, in my opinion. The Falcons are in a tough division. They're in a tough conference, and they're going to face some tough teams, and this is one of them. So Seattle's going to take this one over the Falcons, narrowly. I'll say narrowly. Moving on to the next one, interesting matchup, rival matchup. We got the Cleveland Browns against the Baltimore Ravens. Your guys' favorite, right? Cleveland Browns. I say you guys. I mean, Fanalize. Fanalize, you're getting a shout-out. The Cleveland Browns are playing the Ravens week one. Congratulations. Anyways, Cleveland's going to have a lot of hype, as they do every year. You got an offense with Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham Jr., Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. Now they just added Austin Hooper. You're going to have a lot of hype, right? The O-line struggled last year. Baker's getting hit a lot, but that doesn't excuse 20-plus turnovers for Baker last year. Baker Mayfield is the make or break for this team. You know, obviously coaching is its own thing too, and a lot of people make excuses for Baker to throw 21 interceptions, but there is no excuses for an NFL quarterback to throw 20 interceptions. Sometimes you have a bad year, and you get up to 12, 13, 14, even 15, and you have five mishaps by receivers, and you go from what would have been a 10 interception season to a 15 interception season. Things happen. That happens. It sucks, but it happens to quarterbacks. But 20 plus interceptions, that's unexcusable to me. So if he is anywhere near that again, if he has 15 interceptions this year, I don't think the Browns are going to be in the playoffs. I don't think the Browns are going to be in the hunt for the playoffs. He's got to cut those interceptions down. He's got to get down to 12. He's got to get down to 10. He's got to get down to below 10 by the time he's in his prime for this team to want a chance to win championships. But to make the playoffs this year, he needs to stay below 15. He wants to be around 12, honestly. And that will be a huge improvement if he can stay to around 12 interceptions thrown for the season. And the Browns will have a successful season. They'll be 10-6. They'll be 9-7 like people are predicting if he can do that. If he doesn't, they're going to be 7-9, it's, 6-10. It's that simple. This week, though, playing the Ravens. The Ravens are so good, man. They're, they have a loaded defense. Marcus Peters, they just added Clayus Campbell to an already beefed-up D-line. The Ravens are going to be good again this year. And I think that Lamar Jackson is going to improve even more as a thrower. Now, their game plan shouldn't be just, let's just go to Lamar Jackson through the air. Because obviously that's not his game. That's not the Ravens' game. They drafted another running back. They got Mark Ingram still. They got uh, Edwards still. There's no reason to change the game plan when you just went 14-2. It's just when you come to playoffs, y'all got to perform. Y'all got to finish the season off strong. That's it. It's that simple. And as much as it pains me to see Lamar Jackson losing the playoffs over and over again, uh, I see the improvement. So you know this kid is going somewhere. You know he's not just going to stop somewhere unless something terrible happens, which is knock on wood and hope that does not happen. But, yeah, Lamar Jackson is going to improve his throw a little bit more. I still don't think they're going to be an aired out offense. I think they're going to have a similar game plan to last year, especially knowing that none of these teams had a training camp to prepare. Like the Browns are going to play the Ravens twice. They didn't really have a full training camp, full practices to prepare for the Baltimore Ravens offense, and they're not going to be able to fix too much at this point in the season. Maybe towards the end we'll see the Ravens get upset a little bit more. Interesting stat, if anyone's wondering, something I looked up the other day in a debate with one of my buddies who said Lamar Jackson's going to throw 35 pass attempts a game all of a sudden. When the Ravens threw the ball less than 25 times in the game, they were undefeated last year. When they threw the ball for more than 25 times, including the playoff game that they lost, they were 2-3. and three. So just let that set in. When these guys pound the, the rock, they're unbeatable. They're just about unbeatable by any team in the NFL. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But I'm taking the Ravens to beat the Browns in week one. It's a pretty easy prediction. Browns got to prove it to me before I, I'm going to take them to upset anyone, really. I know my predictions. I had them at 10-6. and six. 
that was really a ceiling for me. Um, when I'm looking at schedule, they have kind of a weaker schedule, so they could possibly sneak a 9-7, 10-6 Moving on to the next matchup, we have another division rivalry matchup between the New York Jets and the Buffalo Bills. This is an easy pick for me. I'm going to take the Bills to win this one. The Jets are falling apart, man. I think the Jets are going to have a rough year this year, maybe a rough year the next year after. When you look at places like Jacksonville, you look at places like New York, you look at places like Washington, that those football organizations are breeding a toxic environment for the players and coaches and everyone to work in. And that usually leads to losses on the field. If you don't if you have drama coming out of your camp every time I look at the news, especially drama between your head coach and the players, it's not a good sign going into a season, especially a season where your camp was shortened. So working out those kinks is very minimal. You you got to go into the season basically off of what you have last year, going into the season this year. Not a normal situation for a football team. It's going to be hard for teams like the Jets to overcome that. The Bills, on the other hand, I think they're going to be the AFC East champs this year. I love the Bills this year. Josh Allen has a big arm. I think adding Stephon Diggs was a big move for them. It may not be a clicking in all cylinders week one, but by week five, six, seven, eight, you're going to see these guys clicking, and that big arm of Josh Allen's paired with the speedy downfield plays of Stephon Diggs, whew, that's going to be deadly. The Bills are going to be good this year. The defense is going to be good as it is every year. Look out, New England. we got a new AFC East king until the Patriots can rebuild, which I'm sure only take them two or three years until they're back to relevance. Moving on to the next game, we got the Las Vegas Raiders. Joe Morley Sports' favorite team, guy I'm competing with in this pick. I'm sure he's going to take the Raiders to win this game against the Carolina Panthers, Teddy Bridgewater's first game as the face of a franchise, finally, after a long, long road from Minnesota to here. Teddy Bridgewater is a number one guy in a franchise in Carolina, which is kind of weird. We, we always kind of envisioned that Cam Newton was going to be the guy there forever. So to see Teddy Bridgewater is going to be a little weird. I'm going to take Carolina because I think the Raiders have a good young building core. They, they have a young, solid core to build around Henry Ruggs, Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller. These guys are all young, and they're all going to be really good players in the NFL one day. But they're missing a lot of pieces also. They're missing pieces in the secondary. They're missing pieces at linebacker. The D-line is questionable. O-line is usually pretty good for the Raiders. I think that is a result of good coaching. I don't know if they have the guys this year or the guys are going to keep playing at the level that they're playing uh, in previous years. Overall, I like the Las Vegas Raiders outlook, and it's kind of scary because AFC West has three teams that I really like with young stars that are building and are going to be really good one day. And they have one team that's going to be a dynasty. So the AFC West is going to be a battleground for the next probably seven to ten years ridiculous the Chargers always end up at the bottom of this somehow and they probably will end up at the bottom again anyways I like their young core but they are a young core they're going to make mistakes there's going to be tough games John Gruden's aware of all this he knows he's rebuilding a franchise he knows what he's doing and this year I think for the Raiders is finding out if Derek Carr is the franchise guy that they're going to have to build around in that offense or if Derek Carr is going to be on his way out I don't think he's played bad by any means but he isn't a Super Bowl winning quarterback from what I've seen so far, unless he takes a leap. He, he isn't a guy that you can put the game on his back. Josh Jacobs is more of that guy right now for the Raiders. So I'm going to take Carolina win this. I like Teddy Bridgewater. Christian McCaffrey is going to go off against this Raiders defense. DJ Moore is a budding star. I like him too. I think that the Carolina Panthers have every piece needed to beat the Raiders. Although the, the Panthers, I think, are going to finish at the bottom of the South at the end of it all. It's a tough division to play in. they got to play six really, really tough games. There is no gimmies in those for them. They're the, ups, they're the underdogs in every game in their division this year. Just let that settle in. Moving on, we got the Bears. The Bears versus the Detroit Lions. The Bears are having an interesting offseason. They signed Nick Foles to a big contract, but even I predicted, I even said it, 
I still think that Trubisky will be the starter just because it's too soon to give up on him. But by about midseason, if he's still struggling, it will not be too soon to give up on him. <laughs> At that point, it'll be time to give up on him and bring in Nick Foles. That's why they got him on the team, just in case Mitchell Trubisky is exactly what he was last year. We thought, you know, it could be just a sophomore slump. It was a sophomore year. Everyone keeps forgetting that. We'll see what Trubisky can do. The Bears are okay at receiver. They got Allen Robinson. They got Anthony Miller. I like those two guys together. It's a good one-two punch, speedy guy, and a big bruiser type of guy. At running back, they got David Montgomery. I think their offense will be okay, minus Mitchell Trubisky's uh, woes. Defensively, the Bears are going to be good, obviously. They got Khalil Mack. They got Eddie Jackson. They got these guys that are really good on defense. But I like the Lions this year. I just got the I got a good feeling about them. Marvin Jones, Kenny Gallandey, uh Carry on Johnson, DeAndre Swift, and Matthew Stafford's back. That's the big one. Matthew Stafford changes the complexion of the Lions. Every time he's in, they look like a completely different team than they were the season before or the, before his injury, which he's had a lot of injury woes in the past. I'm taking the Lions to win this game. It's in Detroit. I like the Lions' chances of winning this game. Defensively, I think the Bears are better than the Lions, but I still think the Lions can, can pull out an upset, a little bit of an upset here. Not really. I think the Bears have more expectations than the Lions do. Moving on to Indianapolis, another division rivalry game. Going to Jacksonville to play the Jaguars is an easy pick for me. I'm really high on the Colts this year. I think Phil Rivers was the perfect fit for that offense. They overpaid him, yes, but it's only a one-year deal, so they're going to get out of it after this year. Phillip Rivers, T.Y. Hilton. Marlon Mack is the perfect running back to pair with Phillip Rivers. He loves throwing it, those swing routes out to his running back, and Marlon Mack is going to be good at running those good in open space. They also drafted Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman. Two great picks. Very underrated picks. I don't think anyone's really talking about the Colts draft this year. It's one of the best drafts in the NFL. The offense is going to be loaded up. The offense is ready to go. And then on defense, they got Justin Houston. They got Malik Hooker. They got Darius Leonard. All these guys are really good. Justin Houston's a little older, but Darius Leonard and Malik Hooker should be entering their prime and in their prime, playing their best football. You got a star at every level of the defense, and that's always a good thing to have. So the Colts are going to be a sneaky, underrated team. They're, they're really complete overall on offense and defense, in my opinion. I think the Colts are going to beat the Jaguars, and as I predicted last week, I put, pulled out a little little change of heart. I had the Texans winning that division before. I'm going to say the Colts might win that division. It might be a close, but I think the Colts can win that division. I think the Texans are going to really hurt from losing DeAndre Hopkins and playing a tough schedule. Moving on to the another division rivalry matchup, uh, the Green Bay Packers. Versus the Minnesota Vikings. One of my best friends is a huge Vikings fan. So it hurts me to say I'm taking the Packers to win in week one. Until the Vikings do it, I'm not going to bet on them to beat the Packers. I still got a, a close game. A close game and a close season between these two teams. Every year they battle out. And every year the Packers seem to just barely come out on top over the Minnesota Vikings. And I have the prediction exactly like that. I have them both going 11-5. and five, And I have the tiebreaker going to the Packers. So. It's going to be fun to see what happens this season in that division because we obviously saw what happened in the draft with uh, Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers. The Packers didn't really improve much, but fortunately for them, they were a good team. <laughs> they were a good team last year. They made the NFC Championship game, so I still think they're going to be a good team this year. This game, specific, specifically, uh, the Vikings got Kirk Cousins. They got Adam Thielen. They lost Stephon Diggs, but they replaced him with Justin Jefferson, who I think is a similar style receiver, and he's going to fill the same kind of role that Stephon Diggs filled without the attitude, obviously, of wanting to be the number one receiver on the team. Sorry, Stefan. You're the number one receiver now. Anyways, <laughs> Adam Thielen. Dalvin Cook, I believe, is playing in this game. Hey, the Vikings have a good team. I'm not saying they don't have a good team. I think the Vikings are going to be good this year again. Just the Packers seem to have their number every year, so I'm taking the Packers to win this one. Another division rivalry, 
and we got a bunch of them this this week in week one. You got to expect it. They're going to set up the best games for week one. Miami Dolphins going to New England to play the New England Patriots. Ryan Fitzmagic is in charge of the Dolphins offense. <laughs> Y'all know how I feel about New England. Y'all know how I feel about the Patriots. Big Cam Newton fan, obviously. When they signed him, I marked out. I popped. But then it all kind of settled in. I realized, oh, Cam Newton was in Carolina, and he had DJ Moore, and he had Christian McCaffrey, and he had some guys that, that were pretty good players, and Greg Olson when he was healthy, and he couldn't get it done there. And as much as I love Cam Newton, as much as I think he's still going to be good, and as much as he's, I believe he still is a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL, they got nothing. Right now I'm looking at Jacoby Myers and kill Harry being the starting receiver. Most of you probably don't even know who those people are. So <laughs> we'll see what happens uh, for the New England Patriots. I think they're doing a tank job. I've been saying it since the beginning of the offseason. Bill Belichick has a plan. He's not just going out there blindly doing all this, uh, cutting all these players, trading all these players, and then all his players opt out. I don't think it's I don't think it's by mistake. I think it is by design, and I think Bill does have a plan to go and get a star quarterback in the draft next year, early on in the draft, whether it's Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence. We will see. Moving on to the next game. Oh, did I even say who I got winning that game? They're playing the Dolphins. The Dolphins are good. The Dolphins are going to be good this year. When I say good, I mean better than they were last year. I see them being around 500, 7-9, 8-8. The rebuild is going well for the Dolphins. I like what they're doing with the rebuild. They're adding young players. They just added Byron Jones from the Cowboys. Good cornerback. I like what the Dolphins are doing with their rebuild. Tua Tunga, Tua Tunga Loya. Loya? Basically, two a time is coming, I think, about midseason this year. But Ryan Fitzpatrick's in charge right now. And he, he's not a bad quarterback by any means. Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, that, that young offense is it's going to be good. It's going to be good this year. they got to find a running back. they got to improve the line. I got the Dolphins beating the Patriots in week one. Start off with a bang. Start off with my Patriots. Hate to start the season off with a loss. That's fun. Anyways, now moving on to the next division matchup between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Washington football team. I got the Eagles taking this really easily. Washington's team is gutted, and they know that. They just they just cut Adrian Peterson for no reason. They know what's going to happen this year. They know they're going to be they're going to be struggling to get wins this year. They're probably looking at the draft next year and starting to look at who they're going to possibly pick. We'll see if Dwayne Haskins is still the quarterback by then, if they're going to be looking at a quarterback in the draft or not. I like Chase Young. I think their rebuild is going a good direction. I like the young players. I originally had the Redskins predicted to be at the top, you know, the better of the bad teams, but seeing the cuts, seeing the organization fall apart, I'll probably move them back down to like 31 or 30 in my rankings. The Philadelphia Eagles, on the other hand, I think they're going to be good. I think Carson Wentz is going to come back with a vengeance. Carson Wentz hopefully can stay healthy. I think that the the receiving core, they added a bunch of speedy guys to the receiving core. They added Marquise Goodwin. Deshaun Jackson is going to be back. They drafted Jalen Rager. Hey, the Eagles are going to be good this year. The defense is going to be good as it always is. The Eagles are going to easily beat the Washington football team in Washington. Moving on to the next game, one you're probably waiting for me to predict this entire time. Your Los Angeles Chargers and my Los Angeles Chargers, haven't said that in a little while since Come On Man Sports, versus the Cincinnati Bengals going into Cincinnati to play the Bengals. Look, look. I originally had the Chargers winning this game. Then Derwin James got hurt. So I had to rethink. Derwin James is a big part of our defense. Derwin James is gonna was going to cause a lot of problems for Joe Burrow in this first game of the season. But seeing Derwin James go down, we're with you, Derwin. All the Chargers fans support you, man. Hopefully you get better as soon as you possibly can. Seeing Derwin James go down is a big hit to our defense, and it changes, it changes a lot for us this season. 
So I switched my pick to the Cincinnati Bengals. I figured they got a good offense. They got A.J. Green. They got Tyler Boyd. They got Joe Mixon. Joe Burrow is the real deal, in my opinion. But then I started to look at it a little bit more. You know, the Bengals' defense is a little rough in the secondary and the linebackers. We just took their leading tackler. He's on our team, Nick Vigil. You know, I just kept diving. I just kept going back and forth between the Bengals and the Chargers and the Bengals and the Chargers. I can't decide. I couldn't decide. Then I was like, we got Joey Bosa still. We got Melvin Ingram still. Kenneth Murray's going to be a star. Rayshon Jenkins is going to fill Der- Derwin James' spot. And Rayshon Jenkins is no slouch. I just fear for, for Rayshon when he has to come down into the box. He's a little skinnier, a little lighter guy. But in pass coverage, Jenkins is just as good as Derwin. Maybe not just as good, but he's right there with Derwin in pass coverage. I believe he lead, led the team in picks last year. The defense is going to cause Joe Burrow problems. He's going to have a lot of fun. Gus Bradley's leading the defense. I'm taking my Los Angeles Chargers to beat the Cincinnati Bengals. In Cincinnati, it's going to be a fun game to watch. See Joe Burrow. I get to see Joe Burrow up close and personal. First game of the season against my team. Moving on to the next game. This is Mike's game of the week. Every week I'm going to pick a game that I recommend you guys going out and checking out and watching. One of the games that are not a primetime game that's going to be already on for everyone to see. I'm just going to pick one of the games, and I'm going to say, this is Mike's game of the week. I recommend you go and check this game out. This is the best game this weekend. Why I wanted to make it the Green Bay Packers versus Vikings, because those are always classics every time they play. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going into New Orleans to play Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints in week one of the NFL 2020 season. This is going to be a fun, fun game to watch. Two very high-flying offenses. Tampa just loaded up on offense, obviously. They got Tom Brady. They already had Mike Evans, Chris Goblin, and O.J. Howard, Cameron Brate. Just already had studs for a quarterback to come in and throw to. And then they also added Rob Gronkowski. And they also added Leonard Fournette. And their defense was okay last year with Levante David leading the charge. The Buccaneers are going to be good. We all are in denial of it. The Buccaneers are going to be good. Jameis Winston threw 30 interceptions with this team last year, and I believe they went 7-9. and nine. Imagine if he cuts that in half to even 15. Brady's going to cut it down to 10 or less. It's going to be ridiculous. I think the Bucs are going to be really good. I am on the Bucs bandwagon this year. And New Orleans, obviously, their opponents. They're good every year. They're Super Bowl contenders every year. And this is Drew Brees' probably closing statement as far as his career. He definitely is motivated to try and get a Super Bowl. Mike Thomas, they added Emmanuel Sanders. That's a big pickup. Alvin Kamara, I believe, is working on an extension, so he's going to be there for the long term. Taysom Hill, obviously, is still there. They got Jameis Winston as a backup. Not really important. Their defense will be okay. They added Malcolm Jenkins. This is a tough choice. It's a tough choice. They got Lattimore still. But I'm going to... My brain is saying pick New Orleans. It's in New Orleans. It's the first game of the season. The Bucks are probably still working on, on figuring out how to gel together. I think the Bucks are going to win this game, though. My brain is saying pick New Orleans. My brain is yelling at me. New Orleans is going to win this, obviously. But my heart, my gut, everything is telling me to pick Tampa Bay. Maybe it's the hype train. I don't know what it is. So I'm taking Tampa Bay to upset kind of New Orleans in New Orleans during my game of the week. Mike's game of the week. Definitely go check it out. Moving on to another divisional matchup. And I have another interesting opinion. Arizona Cardinals visiting the San Francisco 49ers in San Francisco. The addition of D-Hop is big. I love that move for the Cardinals. They got DeAndre Hopkins. Kenyon Drake is, is locked and loaded. I believe he's playing in this game, but... He was in a boot in camp. We don't know for sure, but Chase Edmonds is a similar style running back. I think he would be just fine in uh, Kenny and Drake's spot. And then, obviously, Larry Fitzgerald and 
Kyler Murray, the quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals. I think he is the next Russell Wilson-style quarterback to dominate the NFL for years to come. Kyler Murray's a beast, in my opinion. I love Kyler Murray. I love what he can do in the pocket, throwing the ball. He's pretty good. And I love what he can do when he gets outside the pocket. This kid is going to be phenomenal. I'm calling it right now. He's going to be good this year. This year is the year we're going to see him break out. Going into San Francisco to play the 49ers. Oh, I didn't even talk about the Arizona Cardinals defense. Their defense was a liability last year. But they still got Chandler Jones. They still got Buda Baker. Uh, Byron Murphy Jr. is a very good cornerback, and he is going to be a beast, in my opinion, in the future. With Patrick Peterson, I think the defense is going to be very improved this year. Anyways, going into San Francisco to play the 49ers, Jimmy G and, and crew, I'm not too high on the Niners this year. I liked the Niners run last year. It was fun to watch. I was rooting for them heavily, being a San Francisco uh, son, I should say. My dad's a big 49ers fan. But this year, I just I, I watched last year and I noticed how many players were overperforming. They were performing better than what we were expecting from before the season started. A lot of guys do this, and it's similar. I have similar feelings about the Patriots. How how I've said that I think the Patriots are going to need fifteen guys to overperform for them to be successful this year. And you know, me and my co-hosts have gotten my former co-hosts have gotten into huge arguments about this about how I believe, even though Bill Belichick's a great manager, a great coach, and he kept saying he's going to find diamonds in the rough and all this craziness that he does, right, because he's a god. But Bill Belichick can maybe find one or two diamonds in the rough this year. That's true. But he needs to find, like, 15. He doesn't need to find two. He doesn't need to find one to fill one spot. He needs to find, like, 15 guys to fill all these opt-outs and all the free agency losses and all the, you know, the trade losses. So... Sam, similar thing with San Fran. They didn't lose as much, but you see Mostert demanded a trade out, but he's still, I think he's going to play. It's just, that's just not a good look for your team when you're starting running back is demanding a trade out in the middle of the offseason. Uh, Debo Samuel isn't healthy. George Kittle is really all they got as far as weapons on the offense right now that is established that we know is going to be good. Defensively, they had both their safeties overperform last year. Everyone but Richard Sherman basically in that secondary overperformed by a lot last year. So we'll find out they're the real deal. Like I said, I'm not betting that they can just have every single player on the team overperform every single year. I see the Patriots or the Patriots. I see the 49ers taking a step back this year. I really do. And I'm going to take the Cardinals to beat them in week one. Big upset alert. A lot of people had the 49ers ranked as number two in the power rankings. I got Arizona upsetting San Francisco in week one. Moving on to Sunday night football. I wish the Buccaneers Saints game with Sunday Night Football, but hey, beggars can't be choosers. We got the Cowboys going into Los Angeles to play the Los Angeles Rams, and as much as I loved watching Hard Knocks with the two LA teams this year, Cowboys just got too much star power for the Rams to keep up with. Mike McCarthy's going to have fun with this team. Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb as their receivers, Zeke obviously as their running back, and Dak Prescott at quarterback. This offense is going to be superhuman again. They're going to go for 4,500 yards through the air again. Just be prepared for it. I got them beating the Rams pretty easily. The Rams just are in a rebuild, in my opinion. It's like a half rebuild. They're entering a rebuild, I guess you would say. They still have some of their pieces that they've had before, like Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, and you know Jared Goff. But they lost Todd Gurley. They've lost some defensive pieces. Still got Jalen Ramsey. I like Jalen Ramsey. It's just I don't think they have enough. I think the Rams are going to have a down year this year, especially in that really tough division. I think the Cardinals are going to be better than them this year. So I got the Rams losing to the Cowboys in week one. Them boys get a victory in week one. Merry Christmas to all the Cowboys fans. I don't want to hear you guys hating on me. Moving on to Monday Night Football. We got two big games on Monday nights to close out the week one of the NFL season. 
Steelers going into New York to play the Giants. And while I like the Giants in a similar situation the Dolphins are in, their rebuild is going well. Uh, they got a lot of young players that are looking to be studs in the future. It's just not there yet. It's just not there yet. And the Steelers are there right now. I doubt the Steelers every year kind of a little bit. You know, I, I doubt them. I always say they're going to be like even. And they always prove me wrong. So I'm going to stop doubting them. Ben's back. And last year they were even okay without Ben. So to see their franchise quarterback come back to take charge of the team again, their defense is going to be good. Yeah, I'm taking the Steelers. I'm taking the Steelers to beat the Giants pretty handedly on Monday Night Football. The first game of Monday Night Football. Second game of Monday Night Football. This one's a little more interesting. I got the Tennessee Titans going into Denver to face the Denver Broncos. And <laughs> let me tell you, <laughs> it's kind of funny. Yesterday, when I recorded this segment the first time, and it got messed up because of my own dumb mistake, I took the Broncos to upset the Titans. The Titans were going into Denver. I think the Broncos are really underrated this year. I think the Broncos are going to be okay this year. I took the Broncos to beat the Titans. But news broke yesterday, and it's very unfortunate. I don't know how this happens to all of the good guys. People that are bad, you know, they beat their girl, their girlfriends or wives or fiancés, always, you know, getting in trouble for doing drugs or steroids, whatever it might be. Those guys all stay healthy. But the good guys like Von Miller, Derwin James, just can't get away from the injury bug. And Von Miller is out for the season as he tore up his uh, he tore up his knee. He tore up his knee, I think. So sad. So sad to see Von Miller such a great player. Even though I am a Chargers fan and the Broncos are one of our sworn rivals, I love watching Von Miller play. I always draft him in Madden. So it sucks, and it's a big hit to this Broncos team because last year one of the biggest gripes I had was they couldn't get a pass rush without Bradley Chubb, and this year now they're going to have to try and get a pass rush without Von Miller. And Von Miller is a game changer. Dude's going to have two sacks. You know what I mean? He's going to have two sacks in most games. He's going to maybe have a strip sack. Every snap that he is on the field, you have a chance of a turnover being caused by Von Miller. So it's a big loss to the Broncos defense and the Broncos as a whole. So because of that, where I thought they were going to wreak havoc, Von Miller also is a big deal in stopping Derrick Henry from going too far. I'm going to change my pick. Didn't officially submit him yesterday, so I'm, I'm going to take the Titans to beat the Broncos in Denver on Monday Night Football narrowly. I still think the Broncos compete. I still think we see a lot of bright spots in Denver's roster when we see Drew Locke getting the ball to Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, and we see Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay tearing up that Titans uh, D-line, which just, just added to Davion Clowney, also has happened since I made that prediction. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Titans uh, as much as I want to pick the Broncos. I'm high on the Broncos this year. It brings them down a step. Same thing with the Chargers, Derwin James. And the Broncos with Von Miller. The chances of us upsetting the Chiefs is just plummets to the ground. So there we go. That's my picks for this week. I got Titans beating the Broncos as my final pick. There you go. NFL week one pick This is going to be a segment I'm going to do every week of the NFL season. I'm still going to talk some NBA in here, but mostly my show is going to turn into a football uh, podcast just because I'm a huge football fan and I feel real comfortable talking about football. And I love talking about football. That's kind of my thing. Episode 6 is in the books. I appreciate everyone tuning in. It's a big deal, man. I When I broke off into this own show about a month and a half ago now, I didn't realize uh, how tough it was going to be. And it's a, it's a good time doing it all. But it is hard at times, too. I'm a, little, I'm a little busy. Anyways, I appreciate all the support. It keeps me going. keeps me motivated. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in, as always. I'm going to close the show out with a quote like I always do. And the quote is, Tough times never last, but tough people do. That's a quote by Robert H. Schroeder. Thanks for listening, everyone. Enjoy your week and enjoy 
Football, let's go. I gave you fair warning, beware.